All right, welcome to the first of its kind, world-changing manufacturers network. Lisa Ryan has her ears to the ground and her heart in the game. Get ongoing education and new connections right here with Lisa and the manufacturers network. Buckle your seat, listen, and spread the word. Here's Lisa. Hey, it's Lisa Ryan, and welcome to the Manufacturers Network podcast. I'm excited to introduce you to our guest today, Andrea Delon. Andrea is an engineer, entrepreneur, and CEO of Delon Spa, an Italian family business that has been producing systems for the processing of thin sheet metal since 1978 with 160 employees that include engineers, technicians, and operations. He is the author of the books, The Revolution of Efficiency, which came out in 2020, and Think Thin, which is coming this summer. With a bachelor's degree in industrial engineering at the University of Padua, during more than 20 years spent in sales, Andrea Delon has visited hundreds of companies analyzing production processes and helping entrepreneur and managers to make their processes more efficient. He's also the father of Matteo, Vittorio, and Beatrice. Uh, Andrea, welcome to the show. Thank you, Lisa, uh, for inviting me. I'm excited to be here. And thank you for this very nice introduction. You're very welcome. So Andrea, share with us a little bit about your background and really what led you to what you're doing now at Delon Spa. Uh, Yes, so I started to work in our family company back in 2000. So my father established the company in 1978 and he was an engineer as well. So which basically led me to to choosing my studies at the university. As I was uh, starting to work uh, during high school uh, here in the company, I went through many jobs in the company and eventually found out that working uh, around sales, speaking foreign languages, uh, that was pretty much my favorite. Uh, so that was uh, in line with, uh, with my <laughs> attitudes. And uh, that gave me the possibility to meet a lot, a lot of engineers, uh, companies. Uh, and uh, that's really the beauty of uh, uh, of my job. So meeting people and uh, getting to know their problems uh, and finding together with them uh, some solutions uh, to so their challenges in production. Now, we, we talked about a lot of different topics, and I think we really landed on the fact that with all the digitalization that's been going on and really changing the conversation in manufacturing from that dark, dirty, and dangerous to something that's actually cool as we move into industry 4.0. So when it comes to recruiting people into manufacturing, into changing that conversation, what are some of the things that you've done and you've also seen some of the the companies that you've worked with do? Yes, so this is a very hot topic right now. Our company, so we are based in Italy, but the 90% of our customers are based in Europe and then in the US. So, and we see that the challenge in recruiting is, uh, uh, is a real challenge for a lot of our customers. For, for example, it's just in Italy. So all uh, the professional, the enrolling to professional schools have more than halved in the past 15 years. So, which means that 
companies are used to, to find uh, so uh, operators for their lines uh, or for their manufacturing uh, in uh, these high schools, but at professional schools. And now there is a lot less students that choose uh, this type of professional career. Uh, and uh, this has over time become a, a problem, not only for companies in Italy, but uh, this is a general trend uh, in, uh, in Europe as well. And I see, I understand from my customers, it's uh, becoming a problem in, uh, in the United States as well. And uh, this is because, so uh, yes, you, you told it was a dirty, dark uh, <laughs> type of job as it was seen in the past. So the problem is that, uh, so the working in a factory, in manufacturing, in sheet metal fabrication, it was, uh, it, it seems not to be sexy <laughs> anymore. Right. We can say that students, uh, they, they, they tend to look for other types of jobs that are more into office uh, jobs uh, they are looking into marketing and all this kind of stuff uh, the big point about digitalization is that and it is an effort that we are also doing as a company with the high school so with which we work here in Castelfranco that is our hometown is to get into the schools and uh, and but not only the high schools even earlier to try to explain so the opportunities that there are in manufacturing in choosing a professional school because the environment inside companies has changed completely so right now going into manufacturing means in our case we look for people who assemble our automatic systems that then we deliver to our customers for example for doing their manufacturing they can go to one company and uh, become responsible for a whole line that, is, uh, that has a high level of automation. And so the kind of skill that we require from these guys is uh, a lot more towards uh, so digital uh, knowledge. So they have to, to know how to operate a line, how to connect with an HMI, with a human-machine interface, the environment and the level of safety has increased dramatically in the in the past 20 years. So getting to explain this to students is helping to, to, to build this, to let, let them know that so there is a career and there is the possibility to grow professionally even in the manufacturing, in the operation area, not just in the office. So actually, so these jobs are going to be paid more than the office jobs in a, right. few, in a few years. So that's and, what we really need to, to explain to young people right now. Well, and you also mentioned that you look for these 16 and 17 year olds and youngers who have the right attitude for working right. in the company. So what does that right attitude look like? And when you do find somebody with that, how do you continue the conversation and get them excited about working for you? So, well, our human resources here, for example, has a very good connection with the professors in the technical high schools here in our hometown. And so we offer the students the possibility to spend the time in our production during the summer and also during the school year so that they can uh, spend uh, so one week here in the company and then three weeks at school. And uh, we start to observe these kids uh, when they are in the 17, 18, uh, and 19 years old, right before they finish the high school. Well, we try to find people who have the right attitude, that are curious, that are brilliant in what, in what they do, that they, that they want to learn more, 
So once we spot this, uh, these kids, and uh, there are a lot, so which is very encouraging for us, we tend to call them again for the next summer, for another period until they graduate. And we end up adding two or three of them every year to our workforce. And then they will start being trained to make first the assembly of the automatic lines. And then they will start to go out for making one installation to one of our customers. And then pro- and they will eventually arrive to doing service to our lines at the customer's facility. So this is the kind of path which starts from the high school. And then once we have found the people, the persons with the right attitude, we train them to get uh, good value to our customers. Well, and even that introducing them to your company while they're still in high school and Mm -hmm. getting them to come in for those couple weeks over the summer and meeting the people and and seeing the processes and starting to build those relationships, particularly if you have them back through their high school career, where maybe they're spending two or three summers with you, by the time they graduate high school, it seems kind of a no-brainer that they would go for, to work for you because they've already <laughs> seen the culture and they know it. So that investment in time and building those relationships with these kids that are coming out of high school seems that it would really set you apart from a lot of people who are looking to hire the same people But from what you're doing, it sounds like for a lot of your competitors, it may be a little bit too late because you already have have them. It is an ongoing work, but yes. So you have to find the people that you know will be will will do very well in your in our company as an environment that will be a good team member, and of course. But for example, in this moment, we have twelve students that are doing this stage inside our company but we will not hire all of them. Okay. <laughs> so we have to also be also because they may choose something different, but you know, it, we both have to choose one another. So <laughs> when it goes, because what we want is to start a long lasting relationship. So right. after they start to work, we need to trade them for two or three years before they are ready to do one installation alone. And so there is a lot of investment in time for us. And so we try to retain them as much as possible. Really, it means making an investment on them, first teaching them a lot, and then, well, doing our best to retain them after they are productive, full on board with, with our company. Well, and it also sounds like making that extra effort to establish those relationships with the professors and working with the schools and talking to the parents and, and getting all of those other people involved in the process so that we are changing that conversation that it is a great career and you're working with automation and cool technologies and you're really getting involved in making things that have never been made before and That's really right. conveying that excitement and passion that you have. Absolutely. Well, it is, uh, you know, now we hear a lot of the IIoT, Industrial in, industrial Internet of Things, uh, the yes, advanced sensors. Uh, so there is a lot of changes that are getting uh, into our industry on the electrical point of view, on the automation, uh, on the mechanical, on the mechanical side. Uh, and uh, Luckily, so all of these elements uh, interact with one another in our machines. 
And so if, uh, I repeat, if someone, if someone has the right attitude, if they are curious, if they are willing to learn, they keep that humble attitude of learning from the older and more skilled technicians. Over time, we start to understand that we can also learn a lot from them because, uh, well, younger people, they, they were born in the digital age uh, and uh, they can give us also a lot of added value and they can, they can keep our, that helps us keep our mind fresh and open for, <laughs> for, for novelties. Right. Well, and I know whenever I talk to my manufacturing clients, the people problem is always number one. How do you find workers? How do you retain those workers? And then probably coming in at number two or number three are the supply chain issues that we're all experiencing today yeah. after the pandemic and all of that. And with that, we've seen prices of raw materials go through the roof and I know you've just written a book on it, on being more efficient, but what are some of the ways that you're seeing that manufacturing companies can stay healthy and profitable in the midst of all these raw material costs and supply chain issues? So raw materials and the rise in the prices of raw materials, they have just a spot, put a spot a light on one problem that every company has. So how to keep their cost of their production under control. Today, the influence of the cost of the raw material to the cost of the final product has grown exponentially. And so a lot more people, for example, are contacting us to understand how they can make the same amount of production using, for example, less raw material or thinner gauge material, for example. So this is one of the reasons why I started to, to collect uh, my articles in this uh, new book. In the first book I wrote, that was the, the main theme was efficiency. Efficiency because in one company, so efficiency means uh, producing uh, using less resources. And one of the resources of course, is, of course, uh, raw material. So if we can do the same amount of production using uh, less raw material, so reducing the scrap or using a thinner gauges, uh, that is uh, a huge savings uh, uh, that turns out to be a huge saving at the end of the year. And we have customers that through the redesign of one product or through the redesign of one process, they have, uh, well, literally gone from saving of a hundred of thousands of US dollars to millions of US dollars. So, so that's really, well, the changes from market to market, but uh, what was uh, a big advantage uh, before this uh, rise in the prices of uh, raw materials, and right now it's an even bigger advantage. And the companies that have started this process of uh, rethinking their production lines and production and, and their operation in the, in the direction of uh, efficiency, well, they are they have the benefit, uh, they are having huge benefits right now in this condition of price increase. Well, and the people factor and the production factor still go hand in hand because you're looking at efficiency and the opportunity to use fewer raw materials or thinner gauge materials. But 
still keeping connected with the employees, making sure that they're engaged, that they like what they do, that you're investing in them, because it's going to be the employees and they see things differently. And if they feel valued, if they feel appreciated, they're more much more likely to come up to you and say, hey, I think that we can save a little bit over here. We can save a little bit of time. We can save a little bit of money. Whereas if the employees don't feel that they're a part of the team, that's not going to happen. So it sounds like those two really go hand in hand together. Absolutely. So, and uh, when we have this mindset uh, throughout the team uh, to go and look for inefficiencies, uh, inefficiencies uh, can be a problem starting from the raw material or the lack of flexibility of one process uh, or the lack of automation uh, in one process as well. It is just a one, pro- one ongoing process so that if the whole team comes together and analyzes one process, maybe even together with an external expert, sometimes it's important to have even external eyes to help us find the solutions. That becomes one that creates a huge value for, our, for, for each company, but what is what I see in our customers' companies all the time. Well, I think a lot of what happened in the future, employees were afraid of automation because they thought that that was a way for companies to eliminate their jobs. But mm-hmm. employees are such a huge part of automation because somebody's got to know how to run it. Somebody's got to know how to program it. And now you're allowing those employees, instead of doing I don't want to call them menial tasks, but basic labor, they can use their skills, their knowledge, their expertise, and let the machines do the quote unquote grunt work. So what do you think is going to be the role of automation in the production process in the future? Well, for example, so uh, you're right. We are taking out uh, through automation a lot of manual tasks, But these are also the tasks uh, that are really so uncomfortable for the operators uh, to to work on. And when whenever we have introduced uh, the automation in uh, our customers' uh, facilities, we have seen uh, that. Well, at, at the first, uh, there was uh, maybe a, so the operators were a little bit suspicious. But then, uh, so when they understand that that, that the equipment that is brought in is uh, thought to relieve them from that part of the manual labor that is repetitive and tiring. And they rise to a different role that is the supervisor, that is uh, they can dedicate time to quality control. So the whole structure of our customers benefits from their change of mindset. And actually we have seen so that we have the, some, some customers, for, for example, they have moved some of the operators to the logistic because it was more the machine became so productive that it was more important to keep the machine fed with the raw materials and to take out the ready production rather than just doing the manual packaging. We have worked on the automation that we had also a great result in terms of added productivity and also in the wellness of the whole workforce because when you don't have uh, so very hard labor to do, like uh, moving uh, packets around the production, everything is taken care of by the automation, you can uh, expect a much better productivity over the eight hours, over the shift, uh, or even when machine. So we are, we are sure that we obtain a lot more 
effectiveness from the equipment. And there is also another important point that has come out during this pandemic, and now we all hope this crazy time is over. <laughs> but well, we we have been uh, we have heard a lot about social distancing over this time, and so over time uh, we have also understood that the more automated the systems are, the more so social uh, social distancing is also guaranteed. And so we have seen our customers with higher degree of automation in their processes, producing with more continuity and without any stop because people aren't working too much together. So someone has called this uh, <laughs> pandemic-proof processes. Right. Let's keep. Let's get pandemic board out of the <laughs> of the equation. Exactly. So we have much much safer processes being more automated. That we are making uh, even the production a lot safer, even for these cases. Awesome. So your company has uh, opened a branch in the United States. So what are some of the perspectives that you've seen you know, comparing your European operations to the U.S. market for these automated systems? Yes. So there are some differences between uh, so European facilities and the U.S. facilities. We have opened our facility in uh, 2018. Anyway, we are working the U.S. since uh, the 90s uh, because my father has always uh, pushed the company to work. So more outside of Italy rather than uh, in Italy. This is the reason why he pushed me to study foreign languages because uh, for him uh, that was the future and that turned out to to be perfectly right. The one thing that we have seen uh, is that uh, the need for automation is, is very similar. There is a lot of room for expansion for us in the United States because there are a lot of companies that have equipment in the field of role forming, for example, that are sometimes 30, 40 years old and more. Well, role formers tend to be very robust equipment. What it turns out is that all this older style equipment, they lack the part of the automation at the end which is the highlight, <laughs> so the strong point for our equipment. We have also understood that service in the United States is key for most of the companies. So then this is the main reason for opening a branch and opening one facility that will be specialized, that is specialized in service, spare parts, and it's actually based in Ohio. In Ohio, because we have a lot of our customers in a driving range of five to eight hours from Dayton, where we have our our facility. So that is one difference. So the level of service that is requested in the States, but for sure, so the requests from the companies are always, so are very, very similar. So the request is for productivity, automation, flexibility, and increasing the efficiency in the use of raw material. I can add also that Well, in the States, we have seen that the dimension of the market for our customers is much larger than it is in Europe. And therefore, so our machines are oriented to very high productivity. It is very much in line with what our customers in the U.S. expect. So uh, being, being in the right place at the right time, I think. 
Right. Well, and it all comes down to efficiency, which you have written the book on. So, yes. <laughs> you know, tell us a little bit about, I know you have the one book, that, The Revolution of Efficiency, that came out last year, and then Think Thin, which is coming out 2021. So tell us a, a little bit about the books and if somebody would like to get that, how they would do it. And I'll also put the link in the show notes, but. Okay, thank you very much, <laughs> Lisa. So, well, I, I always liked writing articles and I started very early in the years where, when I was working. And uh, the, these were articles that uh, were analyzing, uh, for example, how do I calculate the cost, uh, cost per hour of one production line or, or how to calculate the, co- the co- cost of one sheet metal product outside of one line. And so over time, I had a lot of articles and I thought it was the time to, to bring them together and to give them uh, the shape of a book, but I really didn't know where to start. And at the same time, it was, also, it was also the age when my children started to ask me about how I started to work in the company. And I brought the two things together and started writing this story for them, but also in the view of the problems that our customers are facing. And I grouped all of these elements together. So I think the nice thing is that I I have asked a lot of my customers to give me some case studies to make the reading much more fun and more practical because we are bringing in real case histories, stories. And so over as I was writing, so these four elements of efficiency came out. And so that was the reason of the title of the book. So an efficiency, so the problems that our customers are facing normally is efficiency in terms of sustainability. So producing with less raw materials or optimizing the raw material usage. Flexibility, so increasing the flexibility of their processes in order to produce and smaller batches according to the lean production methodology. Then productivity, so how to increase the level of production and also uh, how. And this leads, leads us to the final element that is the automation. Automation not seen, as you said, in terms of reducing the, the workforce, but in terms of improving the quality of the work of the people, the quality of the production uh, at the end of the day, the productivity uh, in order to be more competitive. So each time that we work on efficiency, we generate the same result or even more result using less resources, which turns out into profits for, for the company. And that was, well, the first book was really a collection of case studies, and it is focused on the processes. I have uh, listed it into Amazon. And so for another two months, it will be available in Kindle Unlimited. So it's just a subscription and you can get it uh, well, almost for, for free. Uh, you put the, the link down. It, it, I think that there will be a lot of very important information for our listen, listeners. And uh, well, the second book is uh, on a different topic. It is on product design. So it is on design for manufacturing. It means that, uh, so if, of course, you, we can build a lot of efficiency looking at the process. But if we start earlier on, and we design the product in a way that it can be manufactured more efficiently using less raw material. And so there is a lot, there are some chapters on uh, so the characteristics of raw materials, how to 
inform them uh, what, uh, what we need to take care of. This brings us even more efficiency because, of course, we will be producing faster. We can make use of a much more reliable automation. And so the two books are on different topics. If, if somebody wanted to get a hold of you, what's the best way for them to connect with you? If uh, some of our listeners want to connect uh, with me, well, they can look for, for me in LinkedIn. So looking for Andrea Dallan. Or they can go to our website at www.dalan.com. And of course, well, if they want to download the book, there are all our references and the ways to connect me, Elisa. Wonderful. Well, Andrea, it has been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show today. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, Lisa. It's been a real pleasure. And uh, I hope uh, so. Uh, we gave some uh, content of value to our listeners. I will yes. be very happy. I'm Lisa Ryan, and this is the Manufacturers Network Podcast. See you next time. Thanks for listening. Hey, do me a favor. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe and give us a five-star rating. Also, feel free to share the podcast with your friends and colleagues so we can grow the network and connect more fantastic folks just like you. You can either go to the website at manufacturers-network.com or share the podcast on your LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or wherever you and your industry friends hang out. The bigger and faster we grow this network, the stronger and deeper community we will have. I appreciate you. Thank you.